This morning, uh, from the scripture that's already been read, I'd lift up uh, one verse, and this is after uh, Jesus, Mary has recognized Jesus, and she grabs a hold of him, and Jesus says to her, Do not hold me, for I've not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brother and your brothers, and tell them that my Father and your Father uh, has sent you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Not too long ago, I was in a store and I saw a sign I really haven't seen in a number of years. I don't know if you see them anymore. It said this, you can look, but do not touch. Do you see those anymore? I find them a little bit offensive. Uh, I find them almost insulting on the one hand. On the other hand, I find that they must know me before I walk into the store. You can look, but you cannot touch. I wonder if that's what's going on with Mary and Jesus today. So it bothers me a little bit uh, because uh, here is Mary finally recognizes that Jesus is alive, is risen from the dead. She reaches out and, and gets him. And it's almost as if Jesus says to her, Mary, you can look, but you can't touch. Don't hold me. It seems a little insensitive of Jesus, because if you look at the whole story, Mary has lost Jesus at least twice during the Easter story. The first time, of course, was at the crucifixion, when she loses him because uh, she sees that he's been killed. And then later, when she comes back to the tomb to anoint the body with spices, she loses him a second time because his body is not there. And the reward for these two losses is that when she does find him and finds he's alive, he almost gives her the stiff arm. Mary, don't hold on to me. I wonder, that seems a little insensitive of Jesus. He's usually more thoughtful than that. So what's going on here? Why are, is Mary not allowed to hold on to Jesus? I mean, it seems natural to me. I mean, I lose stuff like my iPhone, and when I get it, I clutch it for a long time. I remember one time losing my cat for 48 hours, and and when the cat finally came back, I tried to put him under house arrest and not let him back out again. Imagine what I would do with a person. Imagine what I would do with Jesus. It seems to me only natural, but Jesus says, don't hold me. Why? Well, I'm not really sure. Some people suggest maybe there's something to do with Jesus' body, his resurrected body. Maybe it's fragile in this state. Maybe it's like bread that, that is rising or, or cement that uh, is taking form. And so you can't yet interrupt Jesus and, until this process is complete. But as I read one scholar said, is Jesus really like wet paint? I mean, is that really what's going on here? Because if you read further in this chapter, Jesus ends up walking through walls and then walks into a room where Thomas is and tells Thomas, look, touch me. Put your fingers where the nails were that hung me on the cross. So I think it's probably not fragility of some kind. Uh, Maybe, maybe it's just uh, Jesus is concerned about Mary. And there are uh, Jewish rules of purity. And one of the rules is you're not allowed to touch a dead body. And if you touch a dead body, then you can't go in to worship and pray. And so here's Mary and her Lord is risen from the dead. And she can't even go give thanks to God because she's touched a dead body. But technically, is that really a dead body? Isn't he very much alive? Now, there's something else going on here. There's something else going on. Jesus must tell Mary not to hold on to him for a very good reason, if not two very good reasons. 
And as I thought about it, one of the things came from Jesus' own mouth. He said, Mary, I haven't ascended yet to the Father. It's another way of saying, Mary, I, I still have stuff to do. Because when Jesus ascends to the Father and is at the right hand of God the Father, a couple things happen. One is Jesus' power becomes uh, multiplied, it seems, almost immeasurably. Old Star Wars fans will remember from the early one when, when uh, Darth Vader is about to strike down Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan warns Darth Vader and he says, if you strike me down, I will be more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And so it is in a resurrected state. Once he's ascended to the Father, Jesus is more powerful than the evil one can possibly imagine or anybody can imagine. And so Mary is holding up the work of Jesus if she grabs a hold of him. Or maybe, maybe it's this, that if when Jesus ascends to the Father, he is no longer limited by time and space. And so one of the things that Mary actually, by trying to hold on to Jesus where he currently is, she will prevent Jesus from being wherever she is in the future and, in fact, wherever we are. The resurrection tells us now that Jesus can be wherever we are. And, in fact, Jesus is closer to us today in the 21st century than he actually was to Mary there in the 1st century because Mary has some physical distance between Mary and Jesus, because they're both in physical bodies. But now we believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is actually closer to me than I am to myself, living inside of me. And this only happens when he goes to the Father. So one of the things Jesus is saying is, Mary, you're holding up real progress. And so for the work of Jesus and the sake of Jesus, she must let go. But you know, Jesus loves Mary very much. We've already established with our children this morning that Jesus loves Mary so much, he calls her by name. And so as I think about the story, I must think that it's not only good for Jesus, it must be good for Mary that, that she not hold on to Jesus any longer. And I think there's a lesson there for Mary, which is to say that whenever we try to hold on to something in the present or in the past, we're not as open to the future. Um, Rick Warren, in his ability uh, to have one-liners, said we can't be open to the future if we're still reacting in the present. And so there's this thing where Mary can't hold on to Jesus because she will miss where Jesus is going and miss where she needs to go. And yet we're tempted to do that all the time. It's hard when you lose someone you know and a relationship you know. I remember one of the very early funerals I did, and I was just out of school. And so it came to me as quite a surprise when I did the funeral, and it was an open casket, and the widow climbed in the casket with her deceased husband. Now, most all of us knew that that plan wasn't going to work. She wasn't going to be able to stay there forever and keep that old relationship as live, alive, as painful it was going to have to be. She was going to have to move forward in her life. And I think part of what Jesus is telling Mary is no matter how wonderful our relationship was, you need to move forward because there are more and wonderful things to go even ahead. And so Mary is told, not so much don't touch me, but if you look at it closely, Jesus says, just don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to the way I was. Be open to where I might be. The great Corey Ten Boom, the um, uh, Christian uh, author, 
of course, who's the author of The Hiding Place and has such amazing stories of, of her family hiding uh, Jewish refugees from the Nazis, uh, has this illustration. She says, most of us lived with, live with closed and clenched fists, trying desperately to hold on to what was. When she says, Jesus is always asking us to open our fists and be open to what may yet happen. Where, where Jesus may yet be. You see, Jesus has got a job for Mary. It's not just better for her in her life that she learns, leans into moving forward and learns to move forward, but Jesus gave her a job. She is actually the very first messenger about the resurrection. We might say she's the first apostle. Jesus, I want you to go and tell my brothers that I'm ascending to their father and my father. She's like the very first evangelist. I noticed uh, uh, on uh, one website the other day, they had an article about Me Too, hashtag Me Too in the Bible, and all the times that perhaps women didn't get the due in the Bible that is theirs. But one thing that's undeniable is that the very first witness to the resurrection was a woman. Not even allowed were women to testify in a Jewish court of law or a Roman court of law, but the first witness called to the stand on Easter morning is Mary. And because she does what Jesus asked her to do, you and I are sitting here this morning. The news of Easter spread because she didn't stay there and hold on to him. She moved exactly as he asked her to move forward toward others. And so part of me does feel sorry for Mary. She's lost him twice, and then now when she gets Jesus, she finds that she cannot hold on to the old relationship. But don't misunderstand me. Jesus did not leave Mary empty-handed. Jesus gives her something to do, to go be a witness to this amazing thing that happened. Jesus gives, the fancy word would be, gives her a commission. Jesus gives her a job. And a job, I think, is, is important. Um, I have a friend who, uh, uh, who's retired three different times and gone back to work every time. And his explanation to me is, I stink at retirement. But when you push him a little bit, it's that when he's not working, he has no purpose. Mary doesn't suffer from that problem. She has a purpose. Her life has value and meaning because she is testifying to the presence of the living God. Jesus does not leave her empty-handed. Jesus gives her a commissioner, we might say a purpose. But Jesus also gives her a family. I want you to go to my brothers. In other words, I want you to go back into that community. So Mary gets two things that all of us need in life. We all need a purpose that's bigger than we are. And we all need people that we can do that purpose with. Because, quite frankly, life is just too difficult to live alone. And so Mary, who has endured tragedy and will move forward, is going to be able to endure future tragedies because she will not be alone. Uh, those of us who are alone will be wounded, if not destroyed, by the setbacks in life. And Jesus knows that for Mary, and Jesus knows that for us, so he invites us to move forward in our life in, with purpose and with other people. Reminds me of this old trick that I know you've seen. If you take a bunch of sticks and you put them together and I try to break them, they're difficult to break. But one stick, alone, just trying to make the road and the journey by itself, 
doesn't take much to break. Jesus gives us a purpose and people to carry out that purpose with. He does not leave us empty-handed. In fact, he is with us. And so it is that we move forward in life knowing that Jesus isn't limited to the place where we last saw him, but because he is alive, he moves forward. Diana Butler Bass, the Christian author, said this, um, Where is Jesus when we suffer tragedy? She said, Jesus is the same place where he is with Mary. He's with her, and yet he's also just a little bit ahead, clearing the way for her and clearing the way for us. But we don't get there if we stay where we are. But with purpose and with others, we move forward. There's an old, old story. I don't know if it's true. A famous evangelist in the 19th century was doing a big revival. And when he came to town, some people in the church were worried about a member of the church who was less and less inclined to participate with other things and with uh, people in the church. And so they sent the evangelist to see him. And so the evangelist does go to see him. And, and, uh, and the guy guesses why he's there right away. He said, well, I suppose you've come to see me because I really don't participate very much with the things of the church and with other people. And the evangelist doesn't say a word. And, and so the man continues. He said, you know, you know, my life is very busy. And it's very hard. And I have a demanding job. Evangelist doesn't say anything. And then he begins to say, and you know, some of the people in, in that community, you know, they're hypocrites. They, and evangelist doesn't say a thing. Goes on to list other things, and the evangelist doesn't say a word. They're sitting around a fireplace. All the evangelist did was take some tongs, take out one of the hot coals while the man was talking, and just put it by itself. And when the man had finished his speech, they both looked at the coal and saw that it was something that was once on fire, red hot and burning, had now died. Evangelist never needed to say a word. He just put on his hat and walked out the door. He had made the point in the picture that all of us on fire for Jesus are in danger of losing that fire unless with purpose. We stick together.